Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. In this episode, I am speaking with Jermaine Massey. Yeah, he did not have a formal education beyond high school. He entered the real estate market at one of the worst times in history for that industry. His wife was critically ill and he was injured, so he could not even work. So what makes Jermaine Massey different and very successful as a businessman and the real estate investor? We are going to find out right now in this episode. Jermaine, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, This is um, always fun. Exactly. So you had certain times in your life that everything, apparently life pushed things around for you and did not work. You had certain illnesses in your family, yourself. So how did you feel at that time exactly? Well, then I didn't feel great because as a husband, as a man, you're supposed to provide and protect. And these are things that I was not able, I just wasn't able to do. Um, I had a hole in my lung. I couldn't walk and talk simultaneously without fainting. And I I didn't feel like I was doing my part, if you will. So there was a, you know, a ton of guilt, a ton of how is this ever going to get fixed? And what's interesting is I was never intending on like knocking the, the socks off any industry. I just wanted to eat. That was like the goal. Like, how can yeah, I just, that's our I basic just need, get yeah. to eating it be good? Was that? That's our basic need. As <laughs> that's it. I was yeah. just trying to eat. And then it was through that process that I discovered real estate at all. And that there's lots of transferable skills, if you will, between many of the things that all of us are doing every day. And it just turns out that using those same or similar skills, um, well, they just pay more in the real estate space. So at that time, you you discovered real estate as uh, in general, or was it specifically about the Airbnb real estate hmm. thing? How did that come into play? Yeah, so that happened because I was, uh, well, my very first executed transaction was a strategy known as uh, subject to where I took over the the payments if you will on on a on a house out in San Bernardino then i learned from that transaction to start doing what are known as wholesale deals and that that's a process of buying and selling really quickly um usually 72 hours or less and i would earn between 2000 and 26000 per transaction so you take those two things and everything that's happened since then has been an evolution because I had the ability to do around 200 transactions. And that was a lot 
of revenue in a very short period of time. And what happened is that I got introduced to the IRS. I didn't really understand how that worked then. <laughs> and I didn't like that result, every meaning how much taxes were doing all this other stuff. And people said, um, if I didn't want that to happen again, I'd have to keep the properties, which then led me to what I call my house collecting phase, uh, where I started with single family homes, commercial retail, uh, cell phone towers, also um, apartment buildings, anywhere from five to say 180 units in size. And then I learned holding property long-term is a great way to build wealth. So I had experienced both sides where you can build a whole lot of net worth or you can build a whole lot of income. And what I was looking for was, how can I do both at the same time? And that's where the Airbnb strategy or short-term rentals comes into play because a student of mine at the had brought the idea to me because I had helped them raise some capital. And what was interesting to me was the amount of revenue that was available and the the systems that were in place. So it's been, you know, like eight, nine years now of focusing on that short-term rental play, which has allowed us now to, to not only run our own portfolio, but also um, expand uh, our student population into 17 different countries and helping them. And we've had a number of people now cross over the seven figures, uh, which gets me excited because that's kind of what I say that we like to do is create seven figure families. And this particular strategy is so accessible to so many people. Yeah, that's amazing. So now in, in business, in the business strategy or approach that you did and make and apply to the business, what is the things that you did to make it successful, let's say, or the things that made you uh, go into places and getting more places for as a short uh, short time rentals um so here's what i was able to bring in and it sounds basic but it was kind of everything when i was first l- looking and researching i would ask other people who had been doing it cuz i knew what the numbers were cuz that's what my students were showing me what the numbers were and but i would ask them a question like well how come you don't have more do you like it yes well why don't you have more and add the answer to the why don't you have more was often uh, i don't know how to get more property i'm spending too much time uh with with sheets and cleaning or um i, I don't have any more money to get any more what that said to me was that there just needed to be organizational systems in place that could help you scale cleaning, scale property acquisition, and scale uh, your capital stack, getting in front of an, enough vessel, being able to put it all together. And that was what I had been doing anyway, because uh, the portfolio, I live in California, and the majority of the holdings at that time were outside of California. So I was already used to running very large scale rehabs and whatnot uh, remotely. And what it came down to was, well, if I took that same skill set and applied it to this particular vertical, it then created a situation into where you could maximize uh, your cash on cash returns uh, to the point to where it is often so somewhere between I would say eight to 16 months 
somewhere in between there where we typically can realize 100% cash on cash return. And it was like, well, if I can do that and do it at scale, it was, it, it just became one of those things where it's like, wow, where has this been? And the truth of the matter is, it, that's what technology does. So I, I just started using a lot of the tech that was available to substitute for labor. And that's that's why this industry is so accessible to so many and so widespread and pervasive. And why I say to every landlord, you're going to have to learn how to deal with it because it's not going anywhere. Yeah, like this kind of things changed, shifted. The real estate market shifted. Uh, taxi and cabs market shifted with Uber and these kind of things. Exactly. So, yeah so so everything now evolving in a very fast pace in these times i guess yes exactly yeah. it's, and this is the same and that's exactly what i'm saying this is the exact same uh situation i mean you mentioned uber and um you know uh, they're they run what is known as an asset light business model mm -hmm. and we what 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 is popularly called um arbitrage is the exact same thing. We we because we teach it in a three phase system to where you start out asset light, but eventually get by the time you get to phase three, you start acquiring uh, other assets so it, that you can purchase them. And that's it's just a strategy to make sure that you know the average family can put you know two, four, five, ten million dollars of assets on their balance sheet and learn to live from the income of those assets as opposed to having to live off your labor mm, yeah, exactly so now if we are going to be talking business in general yes what are the things that you look for to be uh, let's say decisive to achieve what you are going to achieve the goals that you set for yourself personally got it yeah well <laughs> personally uh the, 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 some of the biggest and craziest goals that that i would love to achieve is I want to purchase a, a professional sports team. Now, in order to do that, um, I know that I'm going to have to gather around me individuals that also have uh, significant income. And what I've decided was, hey, why not teach people how to become the person who has significant enough income to contribute? Now, in the process, um, learning and building and teaching and training other people, turns out I, I love it a lot. So I get the privilege of doing that. Uh, and the, our next goal is to create 10 uh, seven-figure families inside of 12 months. So the most we've ever done inside of that time is seven. Now we want to do 10. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to, to seeing happen because there's challenges <laughs> every time you try to make yourself do more. Uh, and we're also looking forward to our first million dollar month is the plan is so we want both of those things uh next year we'll see how it goes yeah awesome so these plans what do you put in these plans and how do you execute them in, in, in real in real time or real life yeah so the there's a um formula that i learned from uh ryan dice at digital marketer uh mm. it's l times c times f times m equals gp so that's leads times customers times frequency times margin equals growth potential and what ends up happening is if you look at each of those based upon things like the theory of constraints 
you can not only diagnose any revenue issues that you might be having, but you can also increase um, your, your actual revenue as well. So let me say it this way. If three of the variables stays the same, but the first one leads doubles in theory, if your conversion rate stays the same, if your frequency stays the same, meaning the number of times a customer purchases from you and your margin stays the same, all you did was double your leads, you in theory should also have double the revenue. So what you do is you go down each of those verticals to figure out where's the weak points, uh, typically known as single points of failure, because many businesses will have only one uh, lead source, uh, maybe one vendor source, things of that nature. Uh, and then the what you want to do is you want to systematically go down each one of those to see maybe there's an, an opportunity to add more. So if it, said another way, it's just a SWOT analysis on each one of those categories and looking for where you're strong and how you can double down there and where you're weak and how you can eliminate uh, those weaknesses or that fragility to create some redundancy. Exactly. Yeah. That's very important. And if you can, if there's some kind of, uh, if you can increase the conversion rate or something like that for the people right. who you are teaching or you are selling to, so this could uh, significantly improve things, even if they are still the same, the people who are coming in as, as I'm talking about, the Correct. for example, yeah. And that's exactly right. So the, the, I mean, the people out there who understand conversion rate optimization is the exact same thing. Uh, it's just applied to any or every business, if you will. And because if you can increase even the frequency, if a customer purchases from you 1.7 times across a year, but now you get everybody to purchase 3.4 times, you got the exact same thing uh, as a result. And the the game, if you will, is to not only know your numbers like that, but to know what levers to pull and win uh, so that you create the, the volume and customer experience that you're looking for at the same time. That's the magic. That's the secret. That's the OG. How can we do that uh, part where some you got to pull in extra ideas, extra people to figure it out? But at the end of the day, that's always been the formula to, to make it happen. Definitely. So, so what is the most important number to you? Is it the numbers of new leads, for example, that you get, or is it the the revenues, for example, let's say? Do you think? Ultimately, for me, I care more about the number of entrepreneurs we create. That's what I care about. But inside of a short-term rental business, it's actually the number of beds, or dare I say, bedrooms. So you could have a a one-bedroom apartment or a three-bedroom house. The three-bedroom house um, would have significantly better numbers, even though you would only have one location in either situation. So uh, it, it's about the number of bedrooms that you have and can control at once and uh, effectively operate. So and once you've got that smooth, um, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a very significant point of operational leverage right around the 15 to 20 bedrooms uh, in size. So once you get around 15 to 20, you should have enough of the correct internal staff from customer experience, as well as bookkeeping, accounting, uh, your on-the-site maintenance, construction, emergency teams, and whatnot, to where you begin to get so much operational leverage that you can usually go from 20 to about 120, somewhere in there, uh, without adding too many more uh, too many more fixed costs. So there's a significant amount of operational leverage available as well. 
to you personally, what uh, for the business, what is the best, let's say, advice that you have ever heard or given to? Oh, and also at the same time, what is the best advice that someone had ever told you, do you think? Um, <laughs> so what, one of the, I, I, I can remember back when I started in business, um, I was nervous like everybody. Uh, and I was talking to a person who I was trying to, you know, make a sale to. And I, I said all the things I was supposed to say. And because he was willing to listen, I just kept talking. And then when I got done, he said, um, would you like to, would you actually like to make this work for you? I'm like, yes. Cause I mean, that's what he's telling. I was like, yes, I, I would. And, and he simply said, say less to more people. <laughs> I was like, okay, got it. No problem. Say less to more people. Thank you. And I don't remember his name, but I remember this. I've learned to say less to more people. And he was because he was right. There's a 70 30 rule for sure. Uh, they talk 70% of the time. And with that, you can get uh, a, a greater understanding of exactly the needs that your customer has so that you can put yourself in a position to, well, honestly, you can just put yourself in a position to market or sell just about any product or service that you could dream up and imagine if you just listen. And that's probably the biggest thing that I would say today. And one of the greatest advantages of being in the short-term rental industry is that we are forced to listen because we get reviews so quickly. The feedback loop in that time is, is very, very short, which allows us to, to pivot and to make changes really, really quickly when, uh, for example, there's like medical emergencies, like what happened with COVID and all this other stuff. We were able to pivot because of the the situation so it gave us redundancy where most long-term landlords had a single point of failure mm, that's amazing like like mentioned in sales it's important also to listen because the customer also wants to speak about certain things that they are for example bothering them if they knew if they knew about them right so you have to listen as a salesperson not just also keeps speaking all the time that one thing the other thing is that you mentioned reviews or testimonials from your customers so how important is having testimonials for any business in general? And also, it's, of course, important to that. And how do you get them? How do you get these testimonials or reviews? And, and again, you're going right back to what's got me so excited is the, yes, the OTAs or platforms like or marketplaces like uh, Airbnb, VRBO, they have them. Also, Google has theirs. There's many ways for the platforms to get them. But what you, what is paramount is that whether you're on a platform or you're doing your own direct booking website, the business owner, you have to get, open that feedback loop as well as close it. Um, we are in the process of developing our first um, program to where we start to give away. So <laughs> we're starting giveaway based upon feedback and whoever like the, and have the customers vote basically who gets to have, you know, the free item of, of the month based upon the quality of the feedback that each of the customers uh, provide. So we're, we're going to experiment with that a little bit to see how that goes, but you can always incentivize um, giving a person to to help you out. I mean, the only way to get anybody to do anything is to get them to want to do it and give them a reason. And people will, not everybody, but people will. So whether that's, you know, send us, it will get, a, was it a $25 Amazon gift card or, or who knows? But what I know is 
there's so much technology today that automating that feedback loop is is part of the secret because you have to do it consistently. It's the inconsistency that humans bring to the table that that sometimes don't generate the results. So once you learn to leverage uh, the consistency that technology can bring, then you start to get the data back fast. And and that's I think that's that's really the biggest thing is data. The faster you get and create that data, capture that data, interpret that data, use that data uh, with various business intelligence tools, the better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's very important. And speaking of automation, now I assume that you have certain type of automation that you use within your website, within your backend, right? The same thing. But are there any tools that you use that off your website or off your back office? Oh, absolutely. Uh, because what's funny is that uh, in order to run, uh, it's about 14 individual software packages that we currently are putting together in order to execute the the customer facing and and strategy. Because so there's just so many differences between, say, for example, your messaging system. This is one of the most important pieces is because you you the customer today expects uh, a fast response. No one likes to stand in line waiting. So um, we're, we, we like companies like a uh, hospitable.com is one such company and they've got messaging really, really down very well to where you've got dynamic variables and you've got delays, you've got conditional statements and that's what it takes. Cause we, we're responding 24 seven in multiple languages to our customers right now within seven minutes or less. So right now that that's kind of where we like to keep it um, because people don't like to wait. And we always want the person and our customer to know that we're there ready to assist. And if you take too long, they just go to someone else. Mm, exactly. Like the attention span nowadays on us people, all of us, <laughs> most, most of us, let's say that, like uh, of a fly or a mosquito, so I don't yeah, know. Maybe, maybe not even that long. Just depends. <laughs> <laughs> we want everything like right now. Yeah, exactly. yeah no, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It's late. By the time I've had the thought, I thought I think I want this. It's late already. It's supposed to be here. That that's typically how it goes at the moment. Yeah. So if someone comes to you and asks you that I want to start a business and. Uh, in general, or ask you, I want to start an Airbnb business. How, what would you mm-hmm. say to them and what would you advise them to do or not to do? Well, first, I'm going to ask them why. <laughs> because not knowing why uh, for a thing, taking off without understanding the destination, we do a lot of that as humans. Uh, so it, it's having clarity and because this is this is what's key. Clarity leads to power, and it's the power to decide and the power to act. That's what it leads to. And if we don't get clear first, we start going down all kinds of paths that honestly don't serve us. So we should get clear first. We don't, but we should. So that's the very first and most important thing. As Simon Sinek would say, you got to start with why. Now, once that's clear, the second thing I'm going to be focused on is, who do you want to serve? The biggest mistake that I keep seeing in, in, in the space is everyone or many people are trying to appeal to everyone. 
when the truth of the matter is the narrower, the easier it is for a customer to make a decision because that's what you're after. You're after helping someone make a decision that they want to stay at your property. And the easier or it's easier to do that when they feel that that property is uh, marketed to them and made and built just for them, which means be specific. So we've done things like um, themes, if you will, uh, Star Wars or Marvel um, or various Disney things or coffees, probably by far one of our most popular. And what what that means is if someone doesn't like those things, they're going to say no. But if they do like those things, they're going to say absolutely yes. And you have to be that kind of polarizing in order to get uh, the the results that you're actually wanting, you you need to drive them to an absolute no or an absolute yes. And by not doing that, by not being clear on who you want to serve, so many people are, um, well, they're just not making the revenue they could. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's very important to have a clear and to be actually consistent and focused on the on the target and goal that you want to achieve. Because if you keep going around all the time, right and left, nothing will get yeah. achieved and time will pass by without any end in sight, I think. so. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, all the way down to like the, the color palette that you're choosing inside of, of each location because cert, because it matters, right? And, and what you're choosing for an accent wall, that's assuming you're doing an accent wall and how you title each of your listings and or the marketing that you have that goes out after the guest stays or just all of the things uh, matter. And we're, we're just not paying attention because it's been so, so easy for a while, quote unquote. It's more of, you know, it's been a lot of just be present and Mm. people will come and the marketplace is maturing now, which I love. So it's going to get harder for people who don't, specialize and i think that's going to be a great thing yeah like i think some said that knowledge is power but specialized knowledge is something that will actually get you the uh, the the money the revenues these kind of things because knowledge is out there basically information they're out there for free on google.com so <laughs> yeah and if we don't if we keep um if we don't um get our act together the robots are going to come and take over anyway so yeah now now no, no. Uh, every time i get an email about uh, certain ai this certain ai that so everything is now turning into ai right. the copywriting turning into ai video creation right. turning into AI. everything is becoming ai so i don't know what's left for what's not left for ai so <laughs> yeah. well, did, that's a good question i guess we're gonna see somebody will come up with something though yeah so do you think that there's something I have missed asking you about that you can add? Um, well, what it, the need for short-term rentals, this is definitely something I want to make sure that everybody gets to hear, is that short-term rentals, especially in the United States, have been around since uh, the United States Civil War period. So that's a long time ago. And they're not going anywhere. But more importantly, they've a number of publicly traded companies recently um, in, embraced the, the strategy such that their tenants now can use the place that they are currently renting out and also have it listed on uh, Airbnb. 
that's a clue uh, to where this whole industry is going. But it is, and let me tell. But let me tell you what it's not. It's not a sign that the market is saturated. And in fact, it it we can't get to that point until we have more ordinances, which many people currently are interpreting as as a negative. But the truth of the matter is uh, you want the marketplace to be organized so that things like lending can come to the marketplace. Because when we have, again, the the ordinances in place, you can then have lending and behind lending, there, there should be a subsequent explosion, if you will, of that much more availability of supply. And every marketplace that I have had the privilege of looking at, which is a lot of them at this point, has the shortage of supply. So I just hope that, you know, anyone listening takes the time to look at it because we, we often say that we we want to do better next year or we're going to do better next week or we're going to do better next month. And all I'm saying is consider getting started. The sooner, the better for you, because if nothing else, what you learn along the way will help you with whatever you decide to ultimately do. Exactly. So the best time to start is always, like you mentioned, is yesterday. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, Jermaine Massey, where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you, about your business, how they can uh, be involved in this? Absolutely. So um, we are at Cashflow Diary on all social media. So your TikTok, your Clubhouse, your Instagram, uh, if you will. And what we are known for is helping people get started in the short-term rental space. So if that's something you're interested in, we have and produce what we call the blueprint. It is cashflowdiary.com forward slash blueprint. That'll help you get your first short-term rental, which we're excited about, obviously, um, so that you can get into this space and begin to get a taste of it and, and hopefully grow from there. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. Amazing insights in the short uh, time rentals and uh, Airbnb housing. Yes. These things that change the world are amazing. And hopefully with time also, we are going to be seeing a lot more of these different new things that will change people's lives when they are actually, I don't want to sitting at home, but they can do it from home. So sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Totally understood. Yeah. The world is changing yeah. and it's changing fast. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.